welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I am here today sharing a recent masterclass that I did with the fabulous Dr. Marion McCrary. She is also a fellow physician. She's a coach. She talks about burnout too. And I love, absolutely love stealing some of her ideas. <laughs> so we talked it's been a couple months ago about margin. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, we'll link to it in the show notes. And during that conversation, I really got struck when she started talking about burnout relapse, realizing that it's happened numerous times in my life, but not so much that I had always addressed it well. So because of that conversation, I've actually built a burnout relapsed toolkit that I now teach. Um, I'm talking about it more and more, and we did this masterclass together. So I wanted to share a small tidbit of the replay. And just so you know, if you want to come to these live, they are typically the last Sunday of every month. Um, it's the same link. So once you go to one, you can go to all of them. And we talk about different subjects. And the parts that you're not hearing, because I don't record the whole meeting, because I truly believe in holding safe space where we can talk about anything and not worry about any kind of repercussions. That's where the magic happens. And so, yeah, you're going to miss that on this podcast episode. But just know that we had some really great questions, some really great conversation, and some really great sharing that happened during this masterclass that wasn't recorded. So get your butt there next time. But before we get into the recording, let me tell you about this week's sponsor. As a medical professional, you should be focused on fixing people's lives. But as a key decision maker in your practice, you have to figure out how to grow your patient volume, keep up with reviews, and how to stay connected on social. You don't have time for all that. You went to med school, not marketing school. So good news. Your team at Advice Media did. Their pyramid of success was created for professionals just like you. The pyramid has six stages that when combined creates the ideal digital presence. Give them just 30 minutes to consult with you. We would bet you are doing some things really well. And there might be areas where you can improve. Just for spending the time, they will give you a $60 Amazon gift card. Don't delay booking your demo today. Go to drpodcastnetwork.com backslash advice media. That's drpodcastnetwork.com backslash advice media. Today's topic is burnout relapse. Dun, dun, dun. I know it feels like a really big word whenever we talk about relapse, but I think it's so important. Being family medicine, you know, I definitely deal, uh, dabble a little bit in addiction as well. And I think so many times we put so much shame on ourselves when we relapse, be it in anything, because I honestly believe we are all recovering from something. And today, we're going to particularly talk about burnout. And with me, I have a special guest, Dr. Marion McRae, who herself is a burnout survivor with me. And we say that proudly, not in like a victim mentality to be, be like, you know what, burnout? We came back better and stronger from the ashes. And so Mary and I are going to talk a little bit today about how we see relapse, how it's actually not a bad thing, that we can actually embrace it. Um, and hopefully empower and encourage everyone who is listening today so that when you enter the cycle and you're like, oh, shit, the Krispies are coming back, they're like, oh, this is normal. This is fine. This happens all the time. 
nothing has gone wrong here. So, Marion, since we're on recording now, do you care to tell the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself and the magic you're doing in the world? I would love to. Thanks for having me back. I was here a couple months ago to talk about margin, and and we started bringing up this topic, and um, I think it's so important. I am a general internist in North Carolina, and I also work as a health and wellness coach with physicians and non-physicians. And, you know, we're talking about burnout and there's this technical definition of it. It's got kind of these three parts, but for most people, it's just feeling really overwhelmed. And so if you're like, I don't know if I've really been to that big burnout stage, you've probably at least been to the baby burnout stage where you're just, you're feeling like you just don't have time. You can't get it all done. You're, you're jealous of all your friends who can do stuff that you're not able to do right now. And, and it just, it feels like a place that you don't want to be. And, and so I think that talking about it, number one is so important. And then thinking of strategies to help you when you're, you're in that situation, whether it's again, big burnout or baby burnout, whatever that is, the, the basics of how to address it and how to get out of it are really the same. And we all find that we're just, we go through that cycle. You know, Aaron and I started talking the last time as physicians, especially primary care physicians, where it's ingrained to us this, this model of change. And so it's got a really fancy name, the trans theoretical model of, of change. But it's really just this process that we go through where we start to think about, do we want to do something different? They call it that pre-contemplation. And then you start to really think about it, contemplating it planning it, doing it, maintaining it. And so people feel like you you kind of move from one step. And once you get to the end, you, you've made this change, you've done something, you're there forever. But that's not always the case. Sometimes you just get bored with what you're doing, or you get curious about other things, or life happens. And then you kind of get into this cycle where you, what they call relapse. So it's kind of that hidden behind the scenes thing. And then you're like, crap, I'm back where I started from. How do I how do I start this process all over again? Or can I, can I make it shorter this time? And, and so I think that's really some of the things I'd love to talk about today and, and just um, brainstorm a little bit with you on what's worked for you and what's worked for me. Absolutely. You know, that's one of the big questions when I'm working with someone or when we're doing the, the burnt out to badass group that people ask is like, but what if it happens again? You know, because we almost have this huge trauma response to our burnout because it is, it is, we're wounded in it. And to me, burnout is just not physical exhaustion. It's just not mental fatigue. It is like a spiritual fracturing. And I can totally, I felt that the exact same thing. Even this past week, I was thinking about it. And I'm currently actually getting ready to jump into a new clinical position. And I'm like, oh shit, oh shit. Like, how do I how do I stay sane? How do I stay healthy? How do I like, how do I walk my talk as the burnout coach, right? And all of this, but going back in. So like just seeing that fear and I think acknowledging that fear is the first thing. And, and I think that that is actually a superpower because I remember going into training and being like, oh, I'm going to be fine. I don't need this resiliency training. I'm going to be fine. So maybe at least this time I will go through it more cautiously and which leads me to the first thing that I always tell people whenever they say like, Aaron, what if my burnout comes back? And I always say, you're going to catch it quicker because you know, 
you know yourself and now let's make a list of your indicators like your red flags of like hmm something's out of order here something's not going right um, and it was really interesting for myself to sit down and do my exact work that I was just I do with everyone else especially actually it's a module in the burnt out to badass course is the advanced level burnout toolbox is what I call it because once you get through it, you want to have those tools so you don't ha have it. But like that noticing, that first step of like noticing it and then naming it. For me, burnout is the best choice. Some people say moral injury, whatever. Burnout is what it honestly feels like to me. So notice it, name it, normalize it. Like we're talking today, like this is going to happen. It's not if, it's when. And so just normalize that this happens to everyone. Even if you get all kumbaya and zen and you get all your shit together, like, I'm sorry, but it is going to happen to you again. Just like you mentioned in the, the model of change, like we are all recovering from something. And I think about it as like a corkscrew. So either you can be going through the cycle of change in an upward manner where you're like growing or you can start spiraling down again, but you're going to keep going through the cycle of change no matter what. So I know you have kind of a cool model. I call them the ends. Name it, normalize it, neutralize it. You call yours the D's. Tell me about it, Marion. Yeah, so I think the the first thing is when you start to feel that burnout creep back in. Whatever that alert is that Aaron was talking about is revisit priorities. And there's all sorts of ways that you can kind of get back to like, okay, how do I want to spend my time? And once you do that, then you've got to start to pare down. Once you know what's important to you, then you take the four D's and that's David Allen's getting things done Four D. Got to give him credit. Number one is just do it. So if it is something that's at the top of your priority list, you can get it done quickly. So it's important and, and easy to get done. Then that's a no brainer. Just do it right then. Kind of take care of it. And then it's not holding over your head. Um, the second D is um, defer it. So that's when it's something that's really, really important to you, but you've got so many things that are important right now. Maybe it's for next quarter. Maybe it's for when the summer's over and the kids are back in school, hopefully, in whatever way that looks like in, in COVID 2021. And you can really put effort into it at that time. So I think that the sense of overwhelm is there's so many good things we want to do, or there's so many things that people want me to do. I can either do them right now or defer them to later if they're really important to me. And then the third D is delegate. So these are the things that are on the list, but are just not that important. So delegating it means, is there someone else that you can pass this role on to? You said yes to it years ago, you did the work, and now it's not really where you want to be. So is it, it's a valuable thing that someone else can learn from, from can kind of start their own spiral up and their their trajectory for their career or whatever that may be. It's also something you can delegate if it's important, but you don't feel like you need to be the one to do it. As physicians, we talk about working at the top of our license and being really at this, you know, point of genius. What can we get done that nobody else can get done? So if it's something that needs to be happening, but not by you, then can you pay someone else to do it? Can you ask someone else to do it. You know, giving a job to someone else is a valuable thing. You know, that's their livelihood if you're paying someone to do something that right now is just not something that's important for you. And then the very last D is deleted. It somehow got on your list. It somehow got a task that was given to you 
or it was something you thought you should do and now you realize you don't need to do it, then that's the the fourth D is just delete it. Take it off the list. Don't give it to anybody else. Just make it go away. And so those are are the the ways that I try to pare down the things when they start to overwhelm me. And I did this yesterday. I kind of just did a brain dump, wrote it all out and then like, okay, what's the first step that I need to take to really move me out of this sense of burnout, this sense of overwhelm right now? Absolutely. I love that about, you know, just getting realigned in our priorities. And it really helps too to realign within our values and remind ourselves like, what is really important? Making sure that the pantry is stocked with the right kind of cereal, I don't care. Not within my values. I don't have to do that. I can delegate that out or we can just figure it out later. But yeah, really getting in and not sure. I say that because I get stressed out about stupid things like that, (laughs) personally. You know, the next thing I think about when I talk about burnout relapse is activating your support team early and often. I think it's huge that we have a support squad and then asking ourselves whenever we start to feel burnout, you know, like when's the last time I honestly reached out to them and had a conversation that said, I need support. I need help. I am struggling with something. I am overwhelmed and, and ask them exactly what you need. I just need you to hear me or help me brainstorm. Or if it's like us as a coach, I love when people email me back and they're like, hey, I just need a little bit of a tune-up. And I'm like, absolutely, let's do that. And so I always encourage people to really sit down. I call it my post-it note people, all the people whose opinions that matter to you. It's from Brene Brown. And figure out who is your support squad. Who are those people in your life? And they may look differently from time to time. But who are those people that you need to get back in touch with? Because one of the most toxic things about burnout and overwhelm, it's its cousin, is isolation. We run into isolation and we think we're the only ones that can do it or we're the only ones that can fix it or we're the only ones that's ever felt like that. And then you just start the spiral down. Yeah, and that that's so key. You mentioned Brene Brown and as we're talking about shame. I think that's the first feeling that comes up when you start to feel burnout is how, how did this happen? How did this happen to me? What did I do wrong? And, and so you feel that sense of just being alone and not, not thinking anybody else is going through this because we don't want to talk about it. And the first thing for me really was finding a community of women physicians who, who said, you know what? We're going to talk about this. We are going to help each other out. And so there's so many ways to do that. You were talking about your program, finding folks. As I mentioned earlier, before we started recording, just with the Physician Coaching Alliance and a group of physicians who are doing the same thing and are going through the same, you know, ups and downs and and how to use them as support. And, you know, going back to that, um, the four Ds, the thing that I would encourage you to not delete and not defer and uh, is your self-care. And so counting yourself as one of those people on your post-its that you know you can continually just know what fuels you, what gives you energy, whether it's getting out and, you know, running a couple of miles, being out in nature, which I know you love to do, or is it just taking a spa day and going, you know, somewhere where you just feel like you're pampered? You know, what helps you kind of clear your mind, know where you need to be, and it looks different for everyone. And you're so- right. You better put your own damn self on your support team because I mean, how many times do we beat up our own body and our own mind? And really, we need to be the most compassionate 
to our, our physical selves and our, and our minds as well. I love that. Well, number four step I want to talk about, which you do a great job, Marion, is boundaries. And so talk about how you talk about like an upper and a lower. Yeah, I recently found this concept from Greg McEwen's book, Effortless. So he wrote this amazing book several years ago, Essentialism. And again, kind of figuring out your priorities, how to, how to do those things. And then he said, you know, you can still have so many priorities and not be able to get them all done. So he wrote this book, Effortless. And one of the things that really spoke to me, he talked about, you know, when you're trying to do all these things, which we like to do, and you still want to be able to do them, you can't do them all for five hours each day. And so setting a upper limit or an upper boundary and then a kind of a minimal, what's your bare minimum, the lower boundary of something that you want to do doesn't have to be daily. It can be weekly or monthly, but you know, just using that to help you feel like, okay, I've done the bare minimum. Everything else is a bonus. And that just makes you feel so much freer when you, you've got all this on your plate. And then sometimes we really just get involved with something and we're like, okay, I'm not going to do anything else today. I'm going to spend all day on this project. And then we get that project done and we spent so much time on it. And we start to feel guilty. We didn't do any of the other things. So if we can kind of put these pieces in over the course of our day, our week, our month, that helps us keep our self-care going. It helps us kind of make progress on different things and not feel like we are just always behind. And so for me, it really helped me say, I can do all these things. I just need to do them in the amounts over certain periods of time that make sense to me. And boundaries in general are protective for you. So if you set a boundary and you are thinking, gosh, people are going to hate me for this, or, you know, if this isn't a good thing, it's kind of like a four letter bad word, then that's not true. They're actually really good things for you. They give you the the sense that you can grow. If you think about if you've kind of got a, you're a gardener and you've got a little plots and you got to walk in between them, you know, those are boundaries. That's margin. And, and for you, if you fill all that up with stuff, then nothing's going to be able to grow and expand and build on that. And then you're really just going to be stuck in this place. And it kind of comes back to where we're talking about being stuck in burnout. Yeah. I'm a good farm girl. So I always think of boundaries like fence rows. And so, you know, maintaining your boundaries and, and because they are protective and they're not just about keeping stuff out, but it's also about keeping your good in, keeping your livestock in, keeping your crazy children in the backyard. (laughs) And so... You do have to check the fence rows and you have to maintain them and clean them and weed eat around them and make sure that your gate is well oiled. And so, yeah, just having a boundary check. I love the upper limit, lower limit boundary because then that gives so much flexibility. And, and because there are times where your boundaries do need to flex a little bit and bare minimum is fine, but then they need to come back. And then also knowing like, is something encroaching on my boundaries or are people requiring like my boundaries come down because you're right. It all comes back to security and safety. And that's, if you remember Maslow's triangle, that's like the second layer is that all humans in order to have flourishing, we need our basic needs. And then that next level is we need safety and security. Yeah. And if we don't have that foundation at the bottom of the pyramids, we can't get to that, that self-actualization. As I recently read about from a friend of mine's article, and I, I do think that, um, you know, the other thing we're talking about with boundaries and just having that space, just think about how, how neat and how, how kind of just 
clearing of the clutter that you have. And so I think that, you know, once you set these upper, lower, upper and lower boundaries and you put your fence around all the things that are important for you, it just feels so much lighter and it feels so much better. And you've made that choice. And, and it comes down, as you said, you, your boundaries can flex, but that's your decision. And you get to decide when they can flex and when they have to be just, you know, solid steel walls and when they can be kind of that mesh that can kind of bounce back. Absolutely. You know, just one more thing I want to mention as we're, because there's so many things we can talk about when it comes to burnout relapse and all the techniques and strategies. I know we picked our kind of our top one. The last one that I or last two that I think I have to mention before we go is that one of the most crucial things if you're starting to feel the crispiness of burnout come back in is creating space in your life. You call it margin. I call it white space. But it's building back that openness because I think part of the overwhelm is like when you feel the walls starting to close in on you (laughs) that you purposely have to put in your schedule white space. And so I actually make people who come back and coach with me, I'm like, all right, when's your next three-day weekend that's coming up? When can you take, um, you know, some leave time? And I even now use, because my Burnt Out to Badass group is CME accredited, and actually we're AFP is going to up my hours. I'm like, how about we take a CME day and like you go through the Burnt Out to Badass course again. It counts because it's CME. And then like after you do an hour or two of it, then you take the rest of the day for white space and just breathe and have openness. Um, and the other one I want to mention too about burnout relapse that I think is so important is that we start to celebrate the now. We get so much into the work now, party later mode that I, th- I think that's why I have such a hard time with gratitude is because I forget to be like in the moment. So a celebration can be small. It can be a present. I think a celebration sometimes is a nap. You know, when I let myself just like settle into something, sometimes celebration for me is like playing hooky from a responsibility that I don't want to do. Sometimes celebration for me is a walk. Sometimes celebration for me is just some sort of play. And so that's my other thing is you have to build in white space and you have to celebrate. I mean, other people may talk about gratitude and gratitude journals and blah, blah, blah. That triggers me. So I like the word celebration. Yeah. And and it's hard for doctors to rest. I mean, not just doctors, but anyone who's really driven, passionate about what they do. There's there's always something else you could do. So you have to carve out that time, put yourself on your own schedule and and do what's important for you at that that moment in time. And I love that. It's hard to celebrate because you feel indulgent. You feel like, oh, you know, again, that should come back. I, sh- I should be doing this. There's no celebration. And so I think really whatever that may be, whether it's the smallest little thing that you recognize effort that you put into something for yourself and for others, and then find that time to just rest and and refresh. It's kind of that reset button that you can use to really help you still be excited and have the energy about all the other things that you want to do. Because if the energy's not there, the excitement's not there, then that's for me that those first little alerts for that crispiness, that burnout. And and so I want to keep that curiosity and that excitement and and resting and spending time on myself really thinking about these things is an energy giver for me. Marion, if people want to find out more about you, hang out with you, where's the best place for them to go? 
Thank you. So you can check out my website. That's www.marion.wellness.com. And Marion is M-A-R-I-O-N. And I also uh, spend time on Facebook and Instagram at Marion McCrary Wellness and Twitter at Marion McCrary MD. Well, thank you, friend, for joining me. We're going to turn the recording off. So all y'all in podcasting world who aren't with us live last Sunday of the month, we always have a great time at these free masterclasses. Come join me next time. And great to have you. Thank you so much, Marion, for coming and talking and sharing all your great wisdom. Thanks for being a great friend, too. Thank you. Great way to spend a Sunday afternoon. Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. (laughs) But what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me. There you go. If you want to jump into the next masterclass, just make sure you click down in the link below to get signed up. We'll send you emails to remind you when it's coming up. And I may even send you a little bit of homework ahead of time. So there you go. I love it so much. Another thing I want to talk about too that's coming up besides, you know, doing the online stuff is in-person stuff. So right now, knock on wood, Indiana is doing okay with our COVID numbers. So I'm still going ahead and planning for September 11 and 12 for the badass outdoor retreat. We did in the spring. We had a blast. A lot of you reached out and were like, damn, I want to do it too. This is your time, sister friend, (laughs) to get signed up. We keep it super small numbers even before COVID just because, hey, I like small groups. So we're going to keep doing it small group style. If you are interested in getting outdoors, hiking, camping, having great food, getting coaching, eating s'mores, and all the fabulous things that this has to offer, I would encourage you to block out your schedule for that weekend, get your ass to Southern Indiana, and come hang out. You're not going to find a cheaper retreat or a more fun one, for that matter, for this price range. So notes, 
Show notes will have the link for that as well. Shit, our show notes are going to be so full this week. (laughs) Thanks to my podcast producer, Kayla. She's amazing. But yes, get in there for the Badass Outdoor Retreat. Get signed up. Um, I will be capping this to keep it low. You do need to be vaccinated in order to come. And you need to be ready for a super great time. If you're still hesitant about in-person traveling, that's absolutely okay, my friend. The best place that you can come hang out with me instead is the Aaron Wiseman Badass Slack group. We're hanging out there. We're having great conversations. Yes, I would love to have you in person, but I also know that it's a great alternative as well. So with all of that being said, there's a lot of amazing things happening in your life. I want you to know that you are a complete and utter badass. Keep kicking ass, keep taking names. And if you're getting tired, if you're getting exhausted, if you're getting burned out, you do not need to do this alone. Reach out for help. Even if it's a big virtual hug, I am here for you. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Mm-hmm.